0: You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
1: I'm back. Road for Black and White Live. If you are watching on YouTube, hit subscribe. If you are listening on podcast, make sure you also subscribe. We are available anywhere people like to get their podcast. Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor box the list keeps going and now we are on podcast make sure you hit subscribe and we're going to get to this story as you guys know here on black and white live we are covering mac jones pretty extensively because i am matrix is a cowboys fan i am a 49ers fan I have been on record saying, look, we're following the Patriots. We're following the Buccaneers. We're following the Niners. We're following uh, the quarterbacks that came out of the draft. And I was a massive believer in Mac Jones. You will find out when I do my tier four NFL quarterback rankings. But I was high on Mac Jones. I think the 49ers may have made a massive mistake. For a number of different reasons. And now a veteran, long-time ESPN reporter, tied in with the Patriots, has come out and said something that should send a chill down the spine of all 49ers fans. And if you rooted for Trey Lance or Justin Fields to get drafted, you deserve this. You deserve this because Mac Jones was plug-and-play ready for the NFL, particularly with a coach like Kyle Shanahan or Josh McDaniels, somebody that knew what they was doing and ran a sound offense that was quarterback-friendly. The Patriots are about to be a force to be reckoned with in the AFC East, maybe as soon as this year, again. And this article is... I mean, it should frighten 49ers fans. ESPN reporter believes Patriots will be sending a big thank you note to the 49ers for passing on Mac Jones. He's made a strong first impression, according to Mike Reese. Mike Reese has been covering the Patriots forever. ESPN's Mike Reese believes there's a strong chance that the Patriots have found their long-term answer at quarterback in Mac Jones. Quote, I believe the Patriots will be sending a big thank you note to the San Francisco 49ers on passing on Jones with the number three overall pick. He slid all the way to New England at 15 and has made a strong first impression on coaches and players. Earlier this offseason, Reese detailed how the Patriots were perceiving Jones, as we know a ton of teammates love the hell out of Mac Jones. Reece said that the Buffalo Bills currently have the best three year outlook in the AFC East, but Jones's promise could potentially shrink the gap. If Jones emerges as the QB of the future, as the Patriots are confident he can, New England's three year outlook could threaten Buffalo's. He didn't specify whether he thinks Jones will start at any point this year. Reece said he thinks the Bills still have the overall edge. This season, but he does believe the margin between Buffalo and new England has decreased. He said the bills are still a game or two better than the next team. Are you sure? Because of Belichick, the bills finished 13 and three dolphins, 10 and six Patriots, seven and nine jets, two and 14. And we know the Patriots made a lot of offensive moves in the offseason, particularly at tight end and at wide receiver to get some much-needed skill talent that they did not have. And what I would say about this season and the Patriots, Dante Hightower is coming back after opting out last year. They're going to get several players back after they opted out last year. And this team that was lacking in talent and sorely lacking at even average quarterback play out of Cam Newton. This team still went 7-9 and under Bill Belichick. Now, if you plug in a quarterback like Mac Jones, which I believe, look, do I think Mac Jones is going to go out there and throw 35 touchdowns? No. But I do believe Mac Jones could go out there And throw 22 touchdowns and five interceptions. That's it. Five interceptions. And hold on to the ball and work the ball down the field and play ball control and will be highly accurate at 77% out of Alabama. Look, I've got a friend that's pretty tied into the SEC. All right, very tied in. And he knew. He told me, he said, look, Rhodes, we knew Mac Jones was better than Tua, okay? We've known that. It's a thing. It's known in Alabama that Mac Jones was going to be a good NFL quarterback. So, the Patriots may have found their quarterback of the future in the 49ers. And look, part of the equation when I dogged the Niners over passing on Jones Is the fact that they not only passed on Jones, but they mortgaged the farm to do it. This could be the death knell for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Because let it be known, all right, whether, look, whether Kyle Shanahan made it to a Super Bowl or not, which he did, we need to recognize his other three years have been terrible. They have not been good. He has not gotten good backup quarterback play, which is part of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's responsibility with the 49ers organization. I love the hiring of these two guys when they got brought into the organization. But the moment I saw this trade come across the ticker, I said, Jesus, that may be catastrophic and may get them punted right out of their job in two years. If this goes like I think it could go. And then when I heard it was Mac Jones that was going to be drafted, I said, holy crap, this has got a chance to work, even without all the draft uh, lost draft picks. And then, then everybody, the 49ers fans, got mad. Oh, we're burning down the village. If they pass on Trey Lance or on Justin Fields, and I'm thinking – Well, yeah, Trey Lance has got a shot to be a good NFL quarterback, but Justin Fields has got a damn good shot of being just a flat-ass bust. And y'all want to pass on a plug-and-play quarterback coming out of the SEC that can run Kyle Shanahan's offense to perfection? You guys want to pass on that and mortgage the farm on top of it. That wish, that move for my fellow 49ers fans may end up costing Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch their jobs. If Matt Jones, and look, said friend who talked to me about Matt Jones, again, with heavy SEC ties on the inside. He is literally considering placing a bet on the super on, on the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl this year. This year, with Matt Jones as a rookie, he told me, he said, the Patriots are capable of winning 11 to 12 games with Matt Jones. And I was like, you're kidding me. He was like, no, there's a reason why those two wide receivers that came out of Alabama like him so much more than they like Tua. We knew Mac Jones was going to be a 12 to 15 to 18 year starter in the NFL. Tell me what you think, black and white live fans. If you're listening on podcasts, make sure you hit subscribe. If you're watching here on YouTube, also make sure you hit subscribe. Peace I'm out till next. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and
0: subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube, the no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
1: I'm back, Rodans, for Black and White Sports. We got breaking news in from the Marxist NBA of China, who seems to have made a decision about Rachel Nichols after the little issue she had involving Maria Taylor. And yesterday, Rachel Nichols bent the knee. Well, her, after getting down and bending the knee and apologizing to ESPN and Maria Taylor, she gets rewarded by, boom, she gets removed from the NBA Finals. Good God. ESPN benches Rachel Nichols for the NBA Finals after a game coverage after her Maria Taylor comments. Malika Andrews will be the sideline reporter ESPN has benched Rachel Nichols for its coverage of the NBA finals, following an uproar for her comments regarding Maria Taylor in 2020, where she suggested she was picked over her to cover the last year's NBA finals because of her race. Malika Andrews will serve as the sideline reporter during the 2021 finals. Nichols has held that position throughout the playoffs As part of ESPN's top broadcast team with Mike Bream, Jeff Van Gundy, Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson, Nichols will still host the ESPN show, The Jump, on site during the series. Taylor will host the pregame and halftime studio coverage as she's done all postseason. The NBA Finals between the Bucks and the Suns tip off Tuesday night from Phoenix on ABC Quote, we believe this is the best decision for all concerned in order to keep the focus on the NBA Finals. Rachel will continue to host the jump, ESPN said in a statement. Nichols opened the jump on Monday by saying although she didn't want to make herself the story, she brought up the elephant in the room. Quote, but I don't want to let this moment pass without saying how much I respect, how much I value our colleagues here at ESPN. How deeply sorry I am for disappointing those I hurt, particularly Maria Taylor, and how grateful I am to be part of this team. Wow. In 2020, July 2020, a tape leaked of a conversation between Nichols and LeBron James' advisor, which was accidentally recorded and uploaded to ESPN servers because Nichols forgot to turn her camera off. She expressed her frustration that she had been chosen, that Taylor had been chosen over her for NBA Countdown during the finals, suggesting that they made the decision based on feeling pressure for diversity. Well, let's be honest. What it is that ESPN's got a rep- reputation for right now virtue signaling. Yes, ESPN is all about proving how woke they are. It's amazing they actually got rid of John Skipper, who was a woke liberal who was always kissing up, let's just keep it real, kissing up the black people for the sake of virtue signaling. We see that a lot now, don't we, these days? Uh, I don't know if this also has anything to do with the Jimmy Butler rumors that literally trended on Twitter from the time I went to bed Until I woke up this morning, I'm not going to go into what kind of rumors those are involving Rachel Nichols, but yeah, that trended on Twitter too. Some issues between Rachel Nichols and Jimmy Butler, who knows? By the way, I went and looked up Malika Andrews to see if by chance ESPN went against the grain and decided to take a chance on somebody That wouldn't be a woke diversity hire or move in the chain of command. And guess what? She's black. Now, look. Does that make her unqualified? No, it doesn't. But unfortunately, because of ESPN's history now, this looks like another cheap diversity move. Let's just keep it real. Unfortunately for Malika Andrews, somebody who may very well be qualified... To have this position, it looks like this position was ripped from Rachel Nichols and given to somebody else once again over potential skin color as a public diversity hire and move by the Marxist ESPN of China. I mean, I don't that's the problem with what's going on in society right now, is there's no way to There's no way to know now. There's no way to know exactly why they made the move. And with ESPN's now history involving trying to prove exactly how woke they are, it looks like they decided to yank a position from a white woman, give it to a black woman, and now we've checked even more boxes after George Floyd. That's right. So, look, I'm just being real. I'm being honest. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe.
0: Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth
2: on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, let's continue to talk about ESPN. ESP CNN, as we actually call them on this channel, is an absolute dumpster fire, a complete dumpster fire. They are the worldwide leader in woke. And when you get woke, I guess you start to implode from within. As we know that Rachel Nichols was caught on a hot mic, pretty much trashing ESPN for giving Maria Taylor her job for the NBA finals in an NBA bubble because they wanted to virtue signal. They want to show how woke they are. And now Rachel Nichols has been pulled from the NBA finals by ESPN. It is a dumpster fire, folks. And ESPN employees are at the throats with each other, according to reports. And now even former ESPN employees are trashing some of the current ESPN employees. And the person we're going to be talking about here in this video is Amin El-Hassan, a former ESPN employee. He actually appeared on the Dan Lebertard show, who was also, you know, part of ESPN, along with Jamel Hill. You know, the wokest person out there in the sports media. He basically accused Woj of actually being a racist. Adrian Wojnarowski pretty much being accused as a racist by I mean El Hassan, because Woj actually has some not so good things to actually say about Rachel Nichols. So we're going to be diving into all of that in this video, guys. But first. Head over to the Black and White Network store, grab you a ESP CNN Worldwide Leader in Woat shirt. We're going to give you 21 percent off your purchase if you use the discount code Lachana Sucks, All one word. And this is so fitting for this video here, guys. So here we go. Former ESPN NBA analyst calls out Adrian Wojnarowski. Over the weekend, it says here on The Spun, a bombshell New York Times report revealed that ESPN reporter Rachel Nichols questioned her network's decision to promote Maria Taylor, who took over as the host of the NBA Finals. That summer, talking about last year. Leith Audio of the Jump host complaining about the company's decision to make the change have made the rounds through the sports media world since the story came out on Sunday. Amin El Hassan and Jamel Hill joined the Dan Levitard show with Stugatz on Tuesday to have a conversation about the latest story involving Nichols, as well as to discuss some of the other dynamics at play at ESPN. All three of the hosts worked for the worldwide leader in the past, so we're able to give some insight and nuance to the recent happenings. El Hassan took some time out of the segment to comment on a quote attributed to ESPN NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski in the New York Times story. In the piece, Wojnarowski calls Nichols a bad teammate. Oh boy, we're going to get into this guys. So just hold on. <clears throat> and it says here, "However, El Hassan had a serious objection to that comment and called out the well-known newsbreaker for the remark." This is what he says, folks. Quote, "Are you I guess shitting me? I guess that's what he's saying?" This guy is going to call someone a bad teammate? For real? For real? Do you want to talk about the black careers that he put a foot on because he was threatened by? Do you want to talk about that? Do you want to talk about the newsbreakers with an S of diverse background who have reports of players that Adrian doesn't have that he saw that he saw was threatening because his sources are all front office people and assistant coaches trying to move up and maybe a video coordinator that's trying to. Get a better job somewhere else, El Hassan said. But he can't talk to LeBron. He can't talk to Chris Paul or Damian Lillard or some of those other guys. He doesn't have that rapport with them. So, what what he does is he steps on them. And beyond that particular angle, he steps on a lot of people over there. He steps on a lot of people over there, right? When you see a byline that says, "As reported by Agent Wojnarowski." And fill in the blank. That's the old. Yeah. Put my name on it and put it out there. Wow. This is crazy. This is crazy that now you have former ESPN employees going at each other, mainly along racial lines. I mean, I mean, Ashley says here, do you want to talk about the black careers that he puts a foot on? I guess. He's talking about um, black people at ESPN that were kind of going going to go into the news breaking angle, but uh, Woj pretty much has that on lock now. And Amin is saying that you squashed that basically because these people were black. Is that that's what he's actually saying? Like Woj didn't want to lose his uh, career as a news breaker for ESPN, so Amin is just coming out and slamming him for this. Guys, but I'm not surprised by this, man, because ESPN, they have been running this kind of culture. This is the kind of culture that ESPN wanted. They wanted to get super duper woke. And now they're going broke. They've been going broke for a very, very long time. But now everything seems to be race based over there at ESPN. And now you got Amin Al-Hassan coming out. And trashing Woj, basically saying that the man is a racist now because he, I guess, felt threatened by other black people that I guess was going to get the scoop on things. This is crazy, folks. This is absolutely crazy. Um, I'm wondering what um, Jamel Hill actually had to say, but um, it's not in this uh, article right here. But we know that Jamel Hill will probably have a lot to say about this whole uh, Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor thing. Because this is just, you know what? ESPN just really deserves this. They absolutely deserve everything that's happening to them right now because they brought this upon themselves. The wokeness, the virtue certainly is all catching up with them, folks. It is. Inside conflict between employees. Now you got former employees trashing other employees at ESPN. This is awful. This is really, really bad. Really, really bad. We're going to continue to cover all of this because I truly do believe that the Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor thing is just the tip of the iceberg. And now you got this story here with Amina Hassan coming out and trashing Woj. It's going to get worse. Trust me, it will get worse. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this black and white sports fans? Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube, the no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
2: Black and white sports fans, the U.S. women's soccer team is back in the news once again for national anthem controversy. Now, folks, if the woke athletes would just stop disrespecting the flag, this would actually be a non story. It really would. We have seen what has happened in the NBA players named for the national anthem in the NBA bubble And it also happens sometimes this year, too. Don't forget that it did. Uh, The NFL kneeling for the anthem. MLB kneeling for the anthem. Disrespect of this country from woke athletes has run amok. But now we're going to actually react to this video of the U.S. National Women's Soccer Team. They didn't kneel for the anthem, but there was some controversy because there was a 98 year old uh, World War II veteran that played the National Anthem on his harmonica. It is a very, very good rendition, folks, and we're going to do a reaction to that. Did the U.S. women's soccer team, did they actually disrespect him? Because here's the thing. Some of the players turned their back away from him, but was that actually really being disrespectful? I believe that we actually need more context to this. So let's dive over here. And we're going to check out the video here. And but on this article here, it says fresh anthem scandal hits U.S. sports as women's soccer team denies disrespecting World War Two veteran by turning away from him. So, guys, let's check out this video here. And you can actually see the, the, the controversy was because right here on the post millennials tweet, it says disrespectful behavior from some members of the U.S. women's soccer team as they turn their bats while 98-year-old World War II veteran Pete Dupree played the national anthem on his harmonica. So let's go ahead, let's look at this, and I'm going to, you know, stop and give you some context to this as well. So here we go. 98-year-old World War II veteran Pete Dupree. And I mean, guys, this is a really, really good rendition. Okay, he's starting right here. He's right there. Look at the faces of the people. A lot of people are looking to the left over here. They're looking to the left, so let's continue on. Just keep that in mind. I would would say I get 80% of them are looking towards our left here on the video. Okay, so here we go. This is part of the controversy here. You can see this player here is looking in a different direction from these two uh, players right here. People in the crowd. and these players seem to be facing mostly mostly to the same direction as the crowd Okay, once again, you can see here, the faces are still, for the most part, facing to the left on here and not directly at um, Pete Debris. And this is a pretty good shot right here. This is the Mexican team right here. Okay, this is the U.S. team right here on the left. So... But about half of the players are facing this direction, facing to our left, where a majority of the crowd is actually looking at. Alright guys, so there you saw it. Now, my thoughts on this. One thing that we did find out, folks, is that the flag was actually to the left. Well, actually, if you're looking on um, I'm on camera here, so that way, okay, to my right, but the left, if you're watching here on YouTube, here that's where the flag was, that's where the majority of people were looking at. They were facing that direction. The same with these players. Now, uh, Pete Tapri, is actually in the center. So, I was in the military. This was the way we actually used to do it. Any time the anthem was actually played, you faced the flag, not towards the person that's actually playing it. So, I really don't believe that there is much of anything to this. But the problem is, you know, sports has gotten so super duper woke that this has become controversial. When you see any type of um, national anthem per se protest, but I don't think this was a protest. Now we know even in soccer, there has been protests of the national anthem, but these players, they were for the most part were following the direction of just about everybody in the stands. Let's be honest. You saw that on camera. People were facing to the left. So most of these players, now some of the players, you know, they were facing towards him. so, Them turning their back on him, I I believe this is way, way, way out of context. You should actually be facing the flag and not necessarily the person. So the Jumbotron is over here. That's where you should actually be facing to show respect to the flag. But huge shout out to Pete Dupree. That was an amazing rendition of the national anthem on his harmonica. 98 years old. Tremendous. But I really don't see any controversy here whatsoever. But however, if it wasn't for Walt Sports, you know, this would be nothing. But we are living in the era of Walt Sports. Gwen Berry, you know, just recently disrespected the anthem, turned her back um, from the anthem, didn't didn't really show any kind of respect whatsoever. She just kind of standing there disgusted. But in this case, you know, these players, you know, they had their hand over the heart for the most part. They were either looking at him or, you know, facing a flag. There was really nothing to this. But this is where we are now in World Sports. The National Anthem has become divisive in sports. That's just the way it is. But in this case, there was really not much to this whatsoever. It really wasn't. I don't believe that they were actually being disrespectful because the flag was actually facing the opposite direction away from Pete Dupree. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this?